Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary here's rob black on the wall street business network hello hello god no markets are lower the nasdaq's lower than other markets tell us uh uh-oh nasdaq is tech heavy what's going on today Elon Musk did what I would refer to as a classless April Fool's tweet. I don't know. I guess I, you know, April Fool, do fools have to be uh, classy? I don't. Man, Melania Trump looks like a prisoner in photos of Donald Trump these days. Holy mackerel. I don't know, I don't know if I'm reading into that, but just saw a picture on TV of her. And uh, Trump's taking on Amazon. So Amazon's in the news. It's being a little weak today. Governments around the world are taking on Facebook. Tim Cook is getting snarky with um, Facebook. And to the point of saying, you know, hey, we would never have sold your data. We don't know why Facebook did that. And Zuckerberg's fired back at Tim Cook. And one of the coolest things that he said, he said Cook being extremely glib. And as a free service, Facebook did care about its users, while companies like Apple couldn't argue the same. Uh, tit for tat. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, if you want to build a service which is not just serving rich people, then you need to have something people can afford, Zuckerberg said, which is zing at Apple, right? <laughs> it's more important that we don't get Stockholm Syndrome. And let the companies that work hard to charge you more convince you that they actually care more about you, you said, because that sounds ridiculous to me. So Zuckerberg can hold his own in these public fights. Um, and, and what Zuckerberg needs right now, in my opinion, is to ignore the Tim Cooks of the world, who are getting publicity and press, and get that independent council of non-Facebookers to make the final call on removing dangerous content. And he said... Let the Supreme Court do it. He thinks they can do it. So he's open-minded about getting input from others. So he says. He said, you can imagine some sort of structure, almost like a Supreme Court, that is made up of independent folks who don't work for Facebook, ultimately make the final judgment call on what should be acceptable speech. 
I'll tell you honestly, this is a great debate that it almost makes me wish that I was 14 years old and getting ready to go to college again. Because I hate Facebook. I love Facebook. I hate Facebook. It's great that I could post a video. And then someone's like, hey, you gained weight. You got older. Hey, you've lost some hair. You got older. Or it could be like, hey, it's great to see that you're still working in media. Um, and then it gets to, I look at, I'm like, okay, you got me. And I take a look at who it is. And let's just say it's A.J. Blazinski. And I, I click on him. And I'm like, oh, I wonder what A.J.'s been up to. And he, he, the content that people post, really not. I know someone who's incredibly depressed, who went through a, a terrible event in their life. And probably still going through it, to be fair. And when you look at the Facebook posts, you see kind of a happy world. I'm like, that's not true content. That's not real, right? <clears throat> so anyway, so much data being collected on us, so much, that we just we really need to get comfortable with that as a society. Spotify is going public at this point in time. I was stunned to read an analyst research report on a company. Have you heard about Sneakerhead? So basically, they're in the market of authenticating sneakers. And these guys uh, who started the company, they've been around for a long time, uh, know each other. They've tried a couple of of different um, apps that have failed in the past, a couple of different free games and, you know, 99 cent games that failed to really accept, you know, get masked to get them rich. Uh, And they finally came up with one, which I find fascinating to me, um, tied towards shoes. And I'm not a big Nike guy. I'm not a big car guy. I'm not a big, i got to have 200 pairs of shoes. I, I have no nostalgia tied towards my bubbos from when I was a child. But supposedly, like, a lot of Air Jordans is like, I remember wearing Air Jordan grapes when I was 14 years old, and then they're out for one more time. And there's an online shoe marketplace, and what you don't want is to order $300, $400, $500 pair of shoes, get them in the mail, and then see that they're a knockoff or a ripoff, right? So this, this these two guys have figured out... We could authenticate. We could teach people how to look for fakes before they actually buy them. And they'll act as a middleman. And I'm like, wow. First and foremost, what a world we live in, right? That that problem needs to be solved. But I'm okay with it. I think it's part of the, the, the agenda of the story. Part of the story today on Wall Street, Amazon showing weakness. Facebook showing weakness. Apple uh, a lot of co- big tech companies, Google, have lost billions of dollars of market cap in the last month. It's been a tough time. So w- when you see a big rollover like that, y- you start thinking, well, what could be? Where is the money going to go? Is it going to go into financials? Financials because of higher interest rates? Is it going to go into cash? Is it going to go into emerging markets? Uh, Where is it moving towards? You kind of need to ask these questions. And if you can't ask these questions, well, then you kind of need to ask these questions. <laughs> or is it just the positive refreshes? And again, Google, I think, is cheap on a five-year basis. Is it cheap on a one-year? No. Is it cheap on a five-year if the European Union decides to break them up and say, okay, the mapping divisions have to go away from the advertising divisions, away from the search divisions? I've been using Waze for years, and I never got the social aspect of it. Like, there's the social aspect where you can see the person driving in front of you is also using Waze, and you can, like, text them. I'm like, that's just creepy. It's like those 
bad infomercials in the 1970s. Mr. Microphone. Do you remember Mr. Microphone? I'm sure you could YouTube it and find it online. Uh, but this was... I so badly want to get it now. Just for the show. This was one of those, you know... Hey, this uh, party's getting a little too quiet. I think it's time we liven it up go. with my retro, favorite retro. gift, Mr. Microphone. Hey, what's that? Well, you set the dial on your FM radio and testing, testing, testing. <laughs> These kids are having a fabulous time with Mr. Microphone. The cordless Do you remember microphone the innocence where that actually entertained us? So when you YouTube it or Google it, uh, there's a fantastic... So again, the... The microphone kind of sinks in. It's a wireless microphone. It kind of sinks in with your car and uh, your car's radio. And you can be driving by a jogger, as is in the commercial. And you can go, hey, good looking. Over any FM car radio. Hey, good looking. We'll be back to pick you up later. It's a very 1970s. But do you remember when that was kind of cool? Now, I've completely 100% forgot what I'm tying that into. It's not tied towards China. It's not tied towards maybe tech. Oh, we become jaded with tech a little bit. No. No. I just forgot. So Amazon showing some weakness. That's okay. Uh, because El Presidente uh, going after them again for like a third or fourth day after he was told. You kind of seem obsessed with the companies. He goes, no, I'm not obsessed. Wrong. Strength today in utilities. That is a chicken day. Do the chicken dance. Right? Which is a nightmare for me. Can you imagine like having this dream? Like, I'm going to marry the most beautiful woman in the world. And on our wedding night, she's going to come into the room, dressed in lingerie. She's going to say, honey, let's chicken dance. It's like, no! <laughs> so today is a chicken day. Utilities are doing well. That means the money that's in the sidelines from some of the big tech sales in NASDAQ, some of it's staying in cash, but some of it's going to utilities. You need electricity in good economies and bad economies. You with me? Against me? Choose a side. This is a civil war. Making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 of Paul Revere. Do you remember what he said? The British are coming, right? Interesting, he didn't ride alone, but most of us only know Paul Revere. 
The British are coming. The tariffs are coming. It's a William drama. Dawes. William Dawes arrived to Lexington with Paul Revere. That's where they warned Samuel Adams and John Hancock that the British were coming. From there, the two men were joined by Samuel Prescott, and three of them continued to Concord. Shortly, they were stopped and captured by a British patrol. So when you hear, like, oh, Sam Adams, I know that beer. He was also one of the founding fathers, along with Patrick Henry, George Washington, William Dawes, John Hancock, Samuel Adams. You can go through a whole list of names. Paul Revere was a pretty interesting guy in history. He was the owner of Brown Beauty. So, lived a long life, uh, made famous by the Longfellow poem. And uh, I only bring this up to very long-windedly tell you that the tariffs are coming. So when the British are coming, one if by water, two if by sea. Um, this is pretty well, this is, it's pretty public. And for me, I've been through this game enough to tell you, I want to say don't worry about it. It ain't nothing but a thing. And it don't mean a thing. Do-wop, 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 do-wop. I know you're saying, good thing you didn't go out of that for a career. But, so, tariffs are coming. And that's a real problem in headlines. That is what I would refer to as a headline risk. When you fall in love, people don't give you the headline risks. They, 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 they hide those. They give you the headline great things. Like, per se. Um, but the headline risk is sometimes not as bad as the real risk. China said it's rolling out new tariffs on meat, fruit, and other products from the United States. Those additional duties are in retaliation to President Donald Trump's new taxes on steel and aluminum. So we don't get to manufacture stuff for them. They don't get to manufacture stuff for us. This is, to me, kind of an opening salvo. And it doesn't mean anything. It's like coming into the ring um, in boxing. I am the greatest boxer of all time. So the Chinese tariffs hit multiple products, which is fascinating. And this is just to get both sides to the table. And then both sides will figure something out. China said the effect of U.S. goods had an import value of about $3 billion in 2017, including wine, fresh fruit, dried fruit, nuts, steel pipes, modified ethanol, and ginseng. Isn't it odd to you that we've got a business in America of sending dried fruits and nuts to China? I don't know. To me, kind of, whoa. The things like you are always learning in the world, right? So at least I am. Anyhow, and anyway, I am Rublock, King of Slack. Um, are we in a down market? That's you know kind of a question that I'm getting a sense of from a lot of people right now. Um, trade war with China's big political angst over Donald Trump. Amazon leading the S&P 500 lower. Report that Walmart has taken a stake in Humana, sending Humana up 6% today. So, news that there's very little support on the broader market, yet it's safe for me to say that, you know, we woke up with a positive bias. We may not end positive, but there's nothing dramatic. There's nothing like, dun, 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 we will work slower. We will march lower. We will go lower. So, there's nothing there. 
Um, could a boring pullback, pullback, pullback turn into a recession, depression, bear market? Sure. The employment report, I think, is going to be a big one. So some key economic data for March. We get a little construction spending. Um, but the employment situation report on Friday is going to be the one that psychologically we pay a lot of attention to. Again, we continue to say this again in a broken record, right? As long as we have jobs, we're going to spend money. And as long as we spend money, the economy is going to work. The specter of what the employment report could mean for monetary policy could be holding back buying interest this morning. And, you know, if we see another strong labor market report, the Fed says, well, we can raise rates one more time. You're like, oh, the rate raisers. I get it. I get it. So, uh, back to Walmart and Humana. I find this one to be interesting. And maybe I'll talk a little marijuana stocks later. Because I know people want to hear about marijuana stocks. Humana shares. Healthcare company. And probably the last thing in the world you would ever thought was Walmart, you know, 10 years ago, saying that a big retailer wanted to do healthcare. But it's kind of a lot of M&A this year is pointing towards the healthcare industry as a way of getting customers, whether it be Amazon, whether it be Walmart. CVS's health's planned acquisition of Aetna, Rite Aid's merger with Albertsons. Uh, Amazon may enter the healthcare market, pushing other players to team up ahead of potential pricing pressures. So analysts have, you know, started digesting this. And you got to look at mergers and acquisitions from Walmart's view, from Target's view. Like, yeah, we didn't even bring up Target, right? Target a couple of years ago would make an announcement like, oh, we got Isaac Mizrazi doing T-shirts for boys, and people would go like, ooh, we got Isaac Mizrazi doing T-shirts for boys. Gotta go to Target. Mom, I gotta get to Target. Um, now you're saying maybe they should buy a drug company. So, clearly it would boost traffic. Average shopping basket size and Walmart's relevance to customers. Retail giant would also get more consumer data, which is enviable. Um... And everyone's kind of scrambling to stay on pace with Amazon or maybe out of the eyesight target of Amazon. Um, I find this to be kind of smart. And, uh, you know, I was looking at Amazon profiles of some of their stores recently because I, I, I don't get out of the Bay Area a lot. And if I'm going to talk about a company like Walmart, I really got to get the perspective on what their footprint size is. And uh, in some of the communities, they're the only place to go. So, it, you know, 8 o'clock at night on an Easter, if you're like, oh, got to go get eggs. They're the only choice you have sometimes. Or egg dye. That's how much damage they've done to, you know, Amazon. Walmart's worried about what Amazon's going to do to them. And, you know, all the smaller fish already got pounded in local cities by Walmart. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing more. Find me online at robblackshow.com.
questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Black Tiger Money investing more. Marijuana stocks. Whoa. I get asked probably ten questions on a you know a repeat kind of basis, and one of them is marijuana stocks. Obviously one of them, you know, should I house now. But marijuana stocks could be a buzzkill for a lot of people. To me, I like staying away from areas where you just can't win. It's just not wise. Whether it be, you know, someone going through a divorce. So you and your wife have been really good friends with another couple, and they're going through a divorce, and your kids like their kids, and you have to kind of like, it's, it stinks, picking sides. No one wins, right? It's too dramatic. Both sides are charged emotionally. And same thing with stocks. There's areas that I just don't want to go into. Sometimes they can become too much of a civil war. And sometimes maybe I'm, you know, being condescending to you. And sometimes I'm maybe backtracking my history and changing it. Maybe, you know, I have liked some controversial stocks. But I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's a tougher way of making money. So traveling in Canada now, you'll get cabbies or border guards or bankers. They'll tell you their favorites uh, on Canadian cannabis investments. It's a stock market now that's risen to about $30 billion, which is about half of Canada's gold mining industry. So is marijuana as legit as gold? It's kind of is. But there's a lot of risk. A lot of valuation shoots straight up. Then you get into the regulation issue. You know, Donald Trump says he's going to work with DACA. Then over the weekend, Donald Trump says, no DACA deal ever over my dead, dead, tiny hands. Wrong. So if DACA had some investment ideas, oh boy, right? Same thing with marijuana, in my opinion, is that it's it's great, 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 and then it's not. And I don't want to leave it up to a politician um, to stomp on me, per se. So it could be a consumer discretionary business on the scale of alcohol. I, I, that's the thought, right? And there's a company called Constellation Brands, ticker symbol STZ, which I think is a great name. And for those of you with a guilty conscience, I did not say STD. I said STZ, Constellation Brands. Oh, my, my, my. It's the beer and wine giant. So they just picked, plucked down 10 uh, $191 million to take a 10% stake in Canopy, which is, you know, a, a marijuana business. So for Constellation, they said, we think global sales of cannabis marijuana could hit $200 billion in 15 years. Now, again, it's great until it's not. And it's something I'm going to throw out there for you. Canopy growth out of Canada, ticker symbol is weed. Very original, right? W-E-E-D. It's going to be with an Amazon.com like e-commerce site, uh, TweedMainStreet.com. So 
there's different types of brands that Canopy has got. Um, whether it's Leafs by Snoop Dogg or Tweed. Um, plus, they've got specialty craft growers. Does that sound like the specialty craft brewers? And yet, once again, a, the story is com- compelling and it's coming together. And we're all learning about, you know, the different highs and how it can see with pain and cancer patients and, um, you know, edible products versus uh, inhaling them. They're already starting to talk about cross-mixing the alcohol and the weed industry into so that they can both grow bigger. THC, which is the active ingredient that gets you high. I was going to do my homework till I got high. But uh, THC-fueled versions of beer, ginger, and vodka. Do we need this? <laughs> is life so bad that we need to have not just beer, and not just vodka, and not just marijuana, but marijuana-infused beer? I guess we might. I guess there's a market for it, right? So it comes back down to that question that people keep coming up to me all the time. Should I buy marijuana stocks? And I go, I don't know. And yet, if you were to come up to me and say, should I buy Apple? I'd be like, yes. Well, what do you think about what's going on? Should I buy Facebook? I'd be like, yes. Would I buy all, would I take all of my lunch money and push it in? No. But what I would do is make it part of my portfolio and make sure that every time I get paid by the man, that part of my money is going towards investment ideas. 15 plus percent for me. I want to get to retirement all happy and fat, not stressed on when I should take the foot off the gas. Vivian Azer of Cowan is the only analyst on Wall Street who covers cannabis stocks. The only analyst on Wall Street. So... Wall Street has all these pockets, and these pockets have money in them. And it's worthy of note that only one analyst is out there saying, let's take a look at this industry, billion-dollar industry, right? So the one company that people keep coming back to is Canopy, ticker symbol wheat. Longtime analyst of the beverage industry, Anzer, thinks that the cannabis industry could eventually substitute for much of alcohol's role as a social lubricant. You know, a lot of people say that I only drink to kind of like um, open up at parties. I only drink to kind of unwind after work. A lot of people do weed for that. If Canada's retail market can reach $9 billion in annual sales in a few years, you're talking about doing that math across the world and saying, you know, we got to pay attention to Colorado and Washington after they legalize marijuana in California. Canada's leading cannabis companies are licensed producers that make most of their money growing marijuana. Canada's investors have given them enough dirt cheap capital to build more production than the world has ever seen for a market already well supplied by illegal growers. So again, do we need legal growers? If we have illegal growers, will the price come down? There's things that I feel could create a problem. So a lot of the weed companies are saying, look at all the money in alcohol. And see, this is where the story becomes, you know, it it turns from that growth story to me, not to a nightmare, but it turns from a growth story to here's where some problems can be. 
you get the situation where you get investors in the weed company saying, we could be the next. I could be the next champion of the world. If only I could knock out Muhammad Ali, I could be the next champion. Well, you ain't champion until you knock him out. You want to be champion. Consumption by Canadian teenagers is the highest out of any developed country in the world. So if you look at Canada as a, a a bed of experimentation for the rest of the world, you already have, you know, uh, a lot of data coming out of Canada. Canadian teenagers have the highest percentage of consumption. And when you start cross-referencing that to addiction and mental health um, issues, 45% of Ontario adults had used cannabis at least once. All about 15% acknowledged using in the past year. Canada has let its dispensaries sell marijuana by prescription. In British Columbia, Vancouver has so many dispensaries and lounges that uh, they call it Vansterdam. Uh, so now you get a politician, Justin Trudeau, good-looking Justin Trudeau. I am the good-looking Justin Trudeau from the Prime Minister of Canada. Take off, you and I do, posers. I do yoga with my incredibly attractive wife, who also does yoga. So big weed companies, they're setting up for a fight with you know recreational use versus you know medical marijuana. And I just don't feel at this point in time that you know we're there yet as a nation. From the American dollar investor, it's really, really tough. The other night I was you know flipping through the TV and what do I see on Jesus Christ Superstar? I'm like, I wonder how relevant this is. Because in the 1970s, we were a much more uh, religious nation. Um, right now you've got about 40% of people who say they go to church regularly. And then the truth is only 18%. But how much have we really changed? And I don't know if down the road we're going to go, oh, I did marijuana when I was young, and and kind of like step on it. And like I said, I think that one of the biggest things right now is the alcohol industry is going to probably be at the crux of watching the, the weed industry grow. And they don't want the, the marijuana industry to eat into their business of drugs. You know, alcohol is a drug, right? A relaxing drug. So I'm paying more attention to the companies like Coors. I'll pay attention to the companies like Weed, but we still don't live in a world where people are okay letting other people do things like smoke marijuana. So it's going to be a tough investment. Politically speaking, it's going to be tough to become... Main Street. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investor, more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube at Rob Black Show. robblack.com now back to rob black and your money on am 1220 kdow
Snapchat takes a jab at Facebook with a Russian bot filter oh, on April snap. Fool's. Snap doesn't much care for Facebook. Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg tried to buy Snap. Underbid the company many, many, many years ago. And since then, Facebook has just been kind of you know nasty about stealing the best features that Snapchat's creative team comes up with. This is the first time Snapchat has used April Fool's poke fun at Facebook. Last year, did it? Uh, it featured an Instagram-like filter. Snapchat's having some fun, and it's cute and all. But again, do you want your companies to be in the business of poking fun at each other? Within reason. It's kind of like you know, you've got a you you're beautiful, married to a beautiful spouse, and like you're like cover up. You're at a beach, whether it's male or female, like. Sometimes you you gotta let your companies do little things like have a little fun, go go a little crazy, but you don't want too much of a fight. You don't want to CEOs distracted. Like Larry Ellison became obsessed with Microsoft at one point. Snapchat uses users awoke to a new filter available on the app that overlays a Facebook-like design onto photos, complete with the cheeky, and I do mean cheeky, edition of Russian-like text. So, cute, right? Uh, But then you get Mark Zuckerberg getting into a fight with Tim Cook. And before Zuckerberg and Cook, there was Steve Jobs and Bill Gates. And, you know, Steve Jobs had the Apple, kind of an expensive little ecosystem. And Bill Gates was like the operating system. And he didn't care who built the computers. Facebook has a free service. They don't care who builds the phones at this point in time, even though they've played with the idea of building phones in the past, right? So, Spotify is coming public right now at a terrible time. And again, all of this just kind of adds up to me. Like, tech is, like, kind of interesting right now. Very, very interesting. So you've got Elon Musk and Tesla having the worst month in a long time. And Spotify is getting ready to come public. And I'm not, as I've gotten older, I've lost touch with the world of DJs and electronic beats. But Spotify is going to come public on Tuesday when there's the whole Cambridge analytical fiasco kind of makes tech stocks look bad right now. And you're seeing a lot of companies get dragged down. But is this the golden age of streaming? Should Spotify come public soon? Yeah. Did they maybe wait too long? Maybe. Facebook, Amazon, Apple, and other public tech companies have all been dragged down. So it's a tough time. And uh, a lot of people, the the questions around these tech companies are, are on the negative side to the point of... Let's just think about this for a second. You know... Apple's getting accused of having an iPhone 10 that's too expensive. Amazon's getting caught in Donald Trump's crosshairs. Facebook has lost $90 billion in market cap due to data. And we know the data's out there. We know it's going to become much, much more real and much bigger. Spotify's first day on the New York Stock Exchange is already expected to be volatile, giving investors you know, questions about the company and their profitability or lack thereof. It. If we're in the best time in the world to be... Owning tech. Why are we having problems with Apple's iPhone 10 and Amazon and Donald Trump and Facebook? And uh, 
I'm questioning. I'm questioning. Is now the time to say, here's a company that we all know and love, and it's a tech company. They do our music, but they're not making any money. Um, so the gross margins are something that we're going to pay attention to in the future coming out of Spotify because it'll give us a, a way of comparing to a company like uh, an Apple and their music services. Spotify's gross margin percentage has, you know, as revenues have gone up, their margins have, have gotten better. Cost of revenue, in very, 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 very simple terms, covers how much Spotify has to pay out to right shareholders like record companies. Um, so Spotify has some leverage right now, and they need to continue to up their, their numbers because they say the same thing about Netflix. <clears throat> Use your leverage now as, as best you can and grow as fast as you can and maybe don't even earn money for as long as you don't have to. But Spotify has to do one thing where they can show us they have control over their costs. Netflix, at one point in time, said, you know, we're going to grow users, we're going to grow users. We'll license someone else's contact, uh, someone else's text, uh, content. <clears throat> and they did. And then they got to the point where, well, we're not making as much money as we could if we had produced this ourselves and resold it for the next 10 years. A lot of the shows that Netflix is doing play upon sometimes our childhood favorites or super big novels or something that we have like uh, a tie to. Um, they've got a, a Lemony Snicket thing that I never read growing up. Um, but... A lot of people did. It's like buying Paddington Bear. I never read it, but a lot of people did. That probably is going to work out well. Probably is going to work out pretty well, in my opinion. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, spring snowstorm makes for slippery, sloppy commute. A lot of business not getting done. So when you go through a quarter where, let's say, the first quarter of January, February, March... We're into April now, but if you go through a January, February, March, and you hear snowstorms in the east, snowstorms in the north, snowstorms in the south, snowstorms in the snowstorms, don't be surprised when GDP doesn't look that good, or is weaker than expected, or employment's weaker than expected. Yankees got snowed out today. So sometimes snow and weather kind of can help you as an investor know what's coming up. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Rob Black. Find me at robblackshow.com. Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525.